Kings of Friends podcast. And there were fish heads all over the place. Yes, and a, ba- and a big bag of a Jamie Oliver's rice. Well, exactly. Welcome. Welcome. And this is uh, season three. Episode six. Local Halfway series. through the season, point five. I know, it's a 3.5. <laughs> we're racing through it. And uh, local scene show. It is a local scene Local show. scene. And one thing we've noticed, of course, is that the, the local scene... <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in the local scene, but it doesn't. It's not expanding at the rate that we need it to expand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why right. we have managed to find two new interview uh, uh, interviewees. Interviewees this week. Bands, yes, we yeah. have. Yeah, two bands. Yeah. Um, the Combat Sports. Yes. Who you cornered? I did corner. And uh, the Audacity. I managed to only get one of them. Unfortunately, oh, okay. there's four of them, but I only managed to get one. Did you try to corner the whole of the horse that yes. you? But like, I tried. <laughs> you, yeah, they three the other ones got. escaped. <laughs> yeah, although the one I interviewed is quite tall, I think he would have escaped. But um, no, three of them ran. Yeah, three oh. them ran. You can hear it just at the start of the interview. So I was cheering and running away. <laughs> Whereas you had all three. I did have all three, but that's because you did the right thing, which is you got. I them trapped during... them. Yeah, well, they were at band practice. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah, they were at band practice. They couldn't escape. They can't escape. Then you stand no. by the door, and there's no way out. <laughs> <laughs> really nice guys, actually. Yeah, really yeah. enjoyed interviewing them. Oh, it's nice to meet new. Yeah, new musicians and sort of a um, little bit older. Sort of remember some of the older stuff, maybe the older bands and. Yeah, the... I mean they are older, but not old enough to be around with well with the music that they kind of associated with yeah well I think both of them we talked about having a bit of a 90s sound but yeah. actually both of them are too young to really yeah to really to have been there well I mean yeah I think there's a, there's a kind of connection between the band that you interviewed band that I interviewed uh, in terms of style maybe yeah but different ages possibly yeah I don't know I don't like to say people's ages because I don't know them no I don't know I, I don't know their ages their age. I didn't ask for the height either always no, <laughs> no, I've never. It I've would never. have been a bit intrusive. Conducted <laughs> a medical. <laughs> what did you have with the blood pressure? Yeah, yeah. Good. Do you mind rolling your sleeve up, please? Yes. Do you mind filling out this form before we talk? <laughs> I need to know. And, I, and also, we're going to have an X-ray. Um, yeah, it's never, it's never been uh, an issue. You see, so we've sort of left that. But uh, yeah, so local scene, and yeah. um, we can also have a chat, of course, about what's been happening in the releases. Yes. Like what's been coming out because it's really weird. You know what happens in December, sort of mid-December, is everything stops happening. Yeah. And very little happening in terms of releases. No one seems to do anything, and barely anything's happened actually. At I all. know. Well, I always get excited at Christmas time because I think, why? Wow, I've got all this time off work. I've mm. got you know so many days between Christmas and New Year. I can actually start to work on some of my music. Yeah. I think I had about half a day to myself <laughs> over the whole period. You know, and it was so so exhausted at that point. It's like, oh, I'm not picking the guitar up now. I know, breaks from work are not where they used to be. No. If they not. ever were. Yeah, we're, well, 2024, we're now, we're, we're moving into our, what, fourth year? Well, yeah, I suppose. We might, be, yeah, although there is there is talk, isn't there, in the uh, Literary Kings and Friends uh, office yeah. that um, we might be coming up for our fifth anniversary at some point oh, we need to work yes. it out yeah with the, with the, was that part of our water cooler <laughs> yeah <laughs> chat talk. where you and I met at the water cooler <laughs> where is everyone <laughs> so maybe this year you know maybe there's something worth celebrating because yes. four years isn't worth celebrating is no it? but no. five is is decimal <laughs> 
suppose. True. Well, well people do five, do yeah. five years, don't they? Because yeah. they know they're not going to get to ten. So you've got to do half. <laughs> and uh, average length for a band, average lifespan of a band, eight years. Is it? Yeah, average. Although I'm not sure how you grade a band. And what actually is that? Is it where just people he, you meet now and Where again? did he pull that statistic from? Who? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I looked it up and they said eight years. Speaking of which... Yes. Let's have a jingle. Local scene for local human beings. Local scene for you. Yeah. Tell me about uh, your band in Combat Sports, the band that you interviewed. Where well, did you find them? Well, you've mentioned them first, actually. So there's a new band on the scene. Hiya! So, new band on the scene. Yes, well, well, that was a bit of a disappointment. We'll get into that later. Uh, yeah. None God. of them were trained martial artists, although one of them had done a little bit. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but that's enough to give them a name. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I was expecting yeah. them, you know, to be two of them black belts. Dressed and, up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, 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 judo but no, yeah. No. yeah, nice guys. They got together, two of them sort of met actually by moving in next door to each other. That's a really odd story. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll come up in the interview, but I'll yeah. tell you anyway. Oh, okay. Um, so they, they moved uh, down from Bristol. Not knowing each other. Not knowing each other. Yeah. Moved next door to each other in Rowhedge. Near Colchester. Yeah, near Colchester. Found out they were musicians and then just sort of got together. How weird. But they both moved from Bristol about the same time. We moved in yeah, next to move door next to each door. Other. I, mean, I mean, in a sense, it sounds like more of a coincidence because they both came from the same town. But everyone lives next door to someone who moved from somewhere. So it's, yeah, it's, it's not really that exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it turns out they both lived somewhere different before. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe I lived next door to someone from Stevenage originally. Can you believe it? <laughs> um, so yeah, okay. yeah. So it sounds more dramatic than it is. Yeah, and then I can't remember how they met the, the the bass player. Yeah, I think they met him in a shop or something. Like <laughs> they met like, him in Bristol. Yeah, they said you're a bass player. We're having you. Yeah, and that's how they that got was the bass it. player. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And they're, they're, they're sort of local culture. Yeah, although the bass player is from Peru. What? Yes. Our Blimey. first Peruvian um, person player. to take a bass player. <laughs> Certainly yeah. your first Peruvian Shall I take it player. off on our Yeah, well, of course we had, we had the uh, Peruvian trumpet player, the, uh, <laughs> the Colombian. Well, we could do it in two different ways, couldn't we? We could try and collect every instrumentalist from Peru, or we could try and find a, a musician from every country in the world. I suppose yeah. we could do that as well. Uh, but I'll, I will take it off on our uh, data Chart. Data chart. Yes. Peruvian bass player. Peruvian bass player. Ticked. We've been waiting, but it finally turned up. I think it's going to be interesting what we see from these guys. Gone for a 90s sound. They're all into that kind of music. When you say 90s, you mean the Seattle thing? Yeah, kind of got the grunge, but it's very different, actually. The the first three songs are quite different. Breadcrumb Kisses is kind of more poppy, more... Turn of the century Turn of the century stuff. It's more poppy. 2000s, yeah. Yeah, more 2000s. Yeah, but, okay. but the other ones but the sort of guitar sounds have definitely got that sort of grunge <clears throat> maybe more Smashing Pumpkins sort right. of like uh, sort of that highly sort of processed guitar sounds right, yeah. Um, yeah but right. uh, it'd be interesting to see them live because I noticed I put the first track um, one of the first tracks on and I thought wait a minute there's two guitars here <laughs> <laughs> one's doing one, th- one thing in one ear and one's doing the other and of yeah. course there's only one guitarist right so it'll be interesting to see how it of comes course. across yeah. co- across live you know bands do that of course when when they yeah when you make an you album you sometimes have to adjust to the live thing don't you when, yeah. you're, when you're only when you've only heard them 
yeah um, you know and sometimes works better the other way around i think because then the recording sounds like really super duper and wonderful once you've heard them live yeah like the sort of the sort of best fit version of it yeah uh, the other way around if you're not used to live music it could be a bit of a disappointment i suppose because you're looking for a sound yeah. that's not actually going to happen it's, it's a, yeah there's two ways of doing these now i suppose you mm. can either go down the route of like this is what we like live let's make a a studio yeah. album and just do it exactly keep as we, it real keep it real yeah, exactly yeah. as we are yeah. or you look at the studio album as something different like a piece of art that you can put different layers on and make yeah. the best version of it which yeah. is maybe something that you can't do 100% live no but it's still the same song but you, you just sort of accept so that it's a different yeah, thing yeah so it'll be interesting to see mm. how they 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 they, how that sits when well, we, we see them live we'll have to we'll have to catch them live yeah yeah I think they'll definitely be worth it yeah. we'll catch them live yeah well we that leads to us that? up to an interview yeah Black Hector Studios Black Hector Studios where else where yeah. else yeah. okay interesting parking situation down at Black Hector Studio <laughs> One in, one I was out. actually marshaled into a, into a <laughs> corner, and I was, you know, I, I almost feel, felt like I did have to breathe in. <laughs> yeah, it was bring that the close. car in. With I was like, oh, "This is very good getting you into this yeah. space," but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get out on my own. But no. luckily, the guy <laughs> the, came and helped the me out. The traffic warden guy. <laughs> it was, it was basically there. being traffic warden. It was so tight, you know. But it's going to be interesting what happens because obviously AJ's got a new, uh, another room yes. down there now. So there. it's you know it's going to be even busier. Even busier. Did you? I mean, with the parking thing, did you feel like you were being trafficked? <laughs> you see yes I yes. see what you did there yes I just yeah. used the word traffic yeah you did Yeah. let's hear the interview with Combat let's Sports let's do yeah. it hi I am with a newly formed band yeah Combat Sports hello how we doing good good so I saw you have got an EP uh, out is it EP or a single three songs so it's an EP of three songs basically so yeah, yeah we recorded it last August yeah. with Tom Donovan so oh, in Row Hedge yeah um, yeah we're actually all from Row Hedge we all live in Row Hedge oh okay and like when we're looking around for studios like we were, we can't we didn't go for that because it was in Row Hedge but we saw him yeah and we're like, sounded the best and we're like Flip Panek he's in the village so we're like <laughs> yeah well, I'll keep it in the yeah keep it yeah, in the village yeah, so yeah that's pretty cool how did you all get together how do you know each other so you Johnny uh, yes yeah, so me and John moved into the house next door to each other. Uh, we got talking about music. A bromance ensued. Yeah, man. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, yeah, and then we found a drum kit in the street next to a skip, and we were like, this, this, we've got to do it now. Yeah. Free drum kit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like randomly, we both moved from Bristol, like at the same time. Okay. But we didn't know each other in Bristol. So we, we moved to a small little village. I moved there because my wife grew up there. And she wanted to be near her parents after the pandemic. Um, and then the house that I bought was attached to Johnny's house. And yeah, we were like a similar age, like in similar interests. It's like really like kicked it, kicked it off really. And again, being in a new place, not knowing anybody, like forming a band, like it's been the best thing like, to do really for us. Like in terms of like socials and getting involved with like local music scene and stuff like that. Um, and luckily Colchester has got such a great music scene. I'm not yeah. just saying that I come from Bristol, but honestly, like <laughs> yeah. it's just so much more inclusive. Yeah, we've been really welcomed here. Like yeah. we don't know anybody, so like Good. that's just been like really refreshing. So Good. yeah, it's been wicked. It's been so really, that's the really two cool. of you. Yes. Yes. And okay. I moved to Rochester as well, and I went to his shop because he runs a small shop. How is uh, 
Yeah, it's, uh, well, got a small re- refill shop in the was, village. Yeah. Pe- Pepe came in, we got uh, chatting. Uh, yeah. I was like, hey, I could use a bassist. <laughs> yeah, so we started talking about music, <laughs> we were listening music at that moment. And, hey, I play an instrument, maybe we can do something. Because, you know, it's a small village where or you go to the pub or, or you stay at home, no? Yes. So, yes. so they do something different. I, just in case I play and they met and they say, ah, there is a guy that can play the bass, okay? And they call me. Yes. <laughs> There's quite a lot of musicians in Radiohead yeah. as well. Yeah, Jeff Lawrence, yes. yeah. yeah. the other guy from the podcast is from mm. Radiohead as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We, um, we went to the music day at the Albion like, last year. Yeah. Um, saw Piss Bear Prof- uh, Prophets there. Like, yeah, they were yeah. really, really, really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's a good, a good day. And then we asked about maybe get on the bill and they're like yeah we'll see maybe 2026 we'll see uh, they seem to have quite a busy schedule so <laughs> yeah yeah it's a much sought after uh, slots on that one yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> who writes the songs is it, is it collaborative or how does that work yeah I think it is collaborative like at the beginning it was very much I kind of came along with some ideas put them in a room um, I just kind of see where, where they go really um, I feel like the beautiful thing about being in a band it's like you don't know what's coming next. Like when I was writing songs for years on my own, I was in a band in Bristol. We got ready to practice and uh, got ready to play, and then the pandemic happens. So that kind of never happened. Um, but yeah, I just feel like kind of not knowing what comes next. Like all the like happy mistakes, all that kind of stuff are just golden. So like we usually bring an idea roughly to like the practice room. We'll kind of like see if it works. Um, if that kind of works, and we take it away. I kind of usually like ad lib like a load of like nonsense over the top of it just melody like I don't even like start with a lyric and then I would listen back to what we've done and my brain kind of starts to pick out words and like themes and then we kind of talk about it um, that's kind of what happened with like Breadcrumb Kisses like our latest single I mean we tried a lot then, of things I mean we tried feeding it into uh, like speech to, uh, text to speech no speech to text yeah and just right. seeing what it thought you said yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's <laughs> that cool that was like our jump off point yeah but I just feel like sometimes like your subconscious wants to write a song and you don't know what it is yeah so i think sometimes you just let it kind of come out and yeah, yeah. It, i think for me that's the most natural way of doing it kind of kind of find a melody that expresses how i'm feeling maybe i don't know what that feeling is sometimes it's quite you know sometimes hard to think to work out how you're feeling and then just kind of go go with that but um so that's kind of what we've done for most of it um we've been johnny have co-written a lot of stuff johnny started some songs so social fallacy off our ep was completely johnny's idea Oh yeah, that um, was because I wanted to call the band Murder Horse, but you wouldn't let me <laughs> <laughs> because of social media. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, but um, so we've done it that way, and even Pepe's come up with, um, you know, different bass lines and stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, Pepe's from Peru, so like he, again, his yeah. his like when he grew up listening to music and his tastes are similar, but obviously there's a lot of like different influences in that as well, which is really cool. So. So some yeah, so it kind of comes from everywhere and anywhere. But as long as it feels good, like we kind of just go with it. We're very like open-minded. We're not like has to be like that and that style and that's it. You say you're a grunge band. Yeah. Um, did you get together and say let's make a grunge band, or did you get together and go? Uh, I think so. Oh, let's, let's make some music. And this sounds like grunge. Yeah. Something that we agreed since the beginning is to play our own songs. Yeah. So we say because if we start doing covers, the hard bands are will do better than us. <laughs> so. It's nice, nothing with that, no problem yeah, with that, yeah. but we say, let's try our songs, and if it 
It's nice, nice. If not, yeah, we can see that we can do covers or something. You know, well, it's going well. Yeah, so man. We're happy I mean, with to that. be fair, yeah. I couldn't. I've got dyslexia, so I find it hard enough remember my own lyrics. Never mind like, other people's songs. So, like, I don't think that was even really on the table. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But, if, you, um, if you're playing your own music, you can't play it wrong either. No, that's, that's true. Especially yeah. <laughs> nobody knows it. But um, yeah. but yeah. What was the question again? Sorry. Did you decide to become a grunge band or did you just like yeah. say let's make some music and it turned out to be grunge? Yeah, so I think, so me and Johnny talked about influences and we were into like kind of the same kind of stuff and grunge, like for me, it's kind of where I always end up like when I, when I write and it, maybe the stuff I'm into is kind of probably more like kind of, I don't know, like emo or whatever that kind of stuff but when I write it, that doesn't come out. Instead of trying to force it and it's just not feeling right, kind of, yeah, that's kind of where it like, ends up but I say now we're kind of like that's just kind of what we say we are but we really feel now obviously like the album's kind of dead like people aren't writing albums so it is really about the single and it's just I think it's really cool just to like have a strong theme with that single and just play with it have fun with it Yeah. so we're recording this Sunday again with Tom and oh. like our new track it's probably got more of like a like a new metal kind of like throwback to like almost like like kind of Limp Biscuit kind of like riffs right. but it just has such a strong theme Yeah. we're just like yeah, it doesn't sound like anything we've done, but it, I really don't think that matters anymore. Yeah. Because you don't have to have a coherent, like, song into a next song into a next song, which for me makes it more exciting. So, yeah. yeah. We, we always found that it was other people that wanted to know what we were like. People said, well, what, what sort of music is it? Yeah, it's other yeah. people, really, that yeah, try to define you, isn't it? Yeah, I think... Once, once you're yeah. in a pigeonhole, it's easier mm. to tell where you're supposed to be. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. It's not that simple yeah. anymore. People naturally <laughs> do like to, yeah, put you in order, don't they, and try and stack you on the shelf, but... um but I mean that'd be boring, wouldn't it? If, yeah. we, if we just went along with that. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one for each of you now. So Jonathan on guitar. Can you remember your first guitar and what was it like? I do. My first guitar was actually a Squire Fender. So no, um, yeah, Squire Fender. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, like a Stratocaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, no, I lied. Sorry, that was my second guitar. My first guitar was a Yamaha purple one. I loved it. I was in love with it. And I left it on the bus and never saw it again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then my mum's dad bought me a strat uh, fender off that, and I think I gigged that to death, and it ended up with cracks all over it. But I still got it somewhere in bits. Yeah, yeah. I took it apart in the end, as kids do, just because I wanted to know how it worked. But and then never put it back together. But yeah. So Jonathan, your first drum kit? Was, it wasn't uh, the one you found in the skin. No, it was the Mapex V series. I had good fun with that in my teens. Then I, when I moved to Bristol, I became a DJ instead because that that was. Loads easier than being in a band. <laughs> you don't have to organise people and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah, you um, get the bit of a bad deal with the drums. You always have to lug so much stuff around, don't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, vinyl still weighs a ton, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Joey's so, very modest with that. Yeah, quite a big kind of DJ like kind of gig down in Bristol. Like, yeah, yeah. I have my my selling now, Johnny. Come on. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I lent my drums to a friend's band. Never saw them again. <laughs> no. they, they went poofins for the night, much like your guitar. Oh, <laughs> yes. Pepe. So, uh, what, can you remember your first bass? First bass, it was, I think, I can't remember, it was uh, around here, but this is my really my first bass, a Yamaha. But yeah. I started with classical guitar. Oh, really? So then I had a. Yeah, I believe you into yeah. the bassist so you could join. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Grunge originally was it's kind of before your time, so is yeah. do you just grow up listening bit. to it or well, it's my, my sister's old CD collection. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. When she when she left home, I, I got her CD collection, and in that was in Utro we had the Nirvana singles collection, 
Nevermind was in there as well, a bit of Foo Fighters, a bit of Alice in Chains, and yeah, she grew out of it. I, I never did. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we hopefully catch you soon and maybe review one of your gigs. Um, awesome. And uh, awesome. yeah, good luck and uh, see you soon. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Cheers. Thank you. Well, let's listen to Breadcrumb Kisses by Combat Sports. It's actually on an EP, actually. They've got an EP with three songs on it, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they're also recording another single at the moment. 
Yes. We were recording on, on the Sunday after they recorded them. So that'll be another one coming out soon. Natrium has got has got three yeah, songs on. Three songs on it. Social Gut Fallacy, Gut yeah. Rot and Breadcrumb Kisses. Yeah, yeah. And now have they got a special artist doing these covers? Because it's um, Yeah, I forgot to ask them about the artist. It's a nice yeah, it's it's good, a yeah. nice cover though, isn't it? Yeah. Healthy amount of listens. Gritty grunge fueled universe of combat sports. Unpologetic rock band from Colchester. Is there a danger, do you think? I mean, because this is what I found with the Audacity as well when I interviewed uh, Charlie Rogers from Audacity. Uh, that um, we, we have this um, we have this view of them because of the music we've heard before. And it's quite possible with some bands that they don't really consider themselves to be that at all. And that we are giving them some sort of retro brand. But you don't have to answer that question. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy to pigeonhole people, isn't it? Yeah, because they, you know, cause I said, do you... Do you have that sound in mind when you're writing, yeah. or is it just the way it comes out? Um, I think they're, you know, I think it's early days for them, and they've only been yeah. around since the latter half of last yeah. year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they develop. Because that's an interesting phrase where they, you say um, that's how it comes out. Because that's what you said to the police when <laughs> when they said that you've been streaking. <laughs> Well, this is true. Yes. That was your excuse yes. to the judge. Yes. But he didn't buy it, did he? Well, he... <laughs> That's just the way it comes out. Yeah, he didn't like it when I demonstrated it either. <laughs> so, okay, so so that's just a joke. But, yes. um, yeah, pigeonholing can be yeah. a thing. But, but it's hard, though, because like people want to know what you're like. You know, that is immediately... What, and if you ever say you're in a band, people always say, first question is, what sort of music is it? Because it they want to know roughly what they're getting. But I notice a lot of bands don't really give themselves bios now they yeah. just say I think Katie for Kings is a bit like that she just says a uh, very simple sentence but it says nothing about her music at all yeah so you have to actually just find out well I suppose it's, nothing yeah, to... the music is so readily available now in the old days when it was you and I and Thanks. people was, the people said well, what's your band like you had to tell them because yeah. you didn't have no a, way of you didn't have a cassette player on you but with, <laughs> with, with, with us all having phones now you can go it sounds like this this is yeah, what it's like it's on your phone it's on your phone you can listen yeah. to it Immediately. You had to give them a tape. Well, this is why we used to give out tapes to tapes. promoters and go, there's a tape of it, and they have yeah. to go and play it. The absolute audacity of it. They don't believe it. <laughs> um, so last November, I went to see The Audacity. And they played in between... Yeah, this is at Three Wise Monkeys again. Yeah. They played in between Palomino Kings and the Lamplight Club. God, that's a lot of people on stage. They, well, they were well, in the middle of them. All three playing at the same time. If you put them all on, that would have been 14, I think, on stage at once. Um, and, you know, just interestingly enough, the Lamplight Club, it was, um, they played a lot of slow songs that night. It was quite loud. Uh, but it was a strange match for the Audacity, actually. Because the Audacity are very upbeat... Um, sort of grunge basically grungy rock so it kind of uh, it was almost the wrong way around yeah because the Lamp Night Club came on after us and it was a, a much slower <laughs> affair yeah wonderful as they are they were a completely different uh, affair really but I caught up with Charlie Rogers yeah now Charlie Rogers is the guitarist from yeah. um, from The Audacity so I always want to call them Audacity yeah that the part in the, the front <clears throat> of it The Audacity um, and but they were Char in a band called Carilla. Carilla, Carilla yeah. were quite well known. Yeah, I think that's why I must know him. He must. Yeah, I think his name pops yeah. up. We're like, yeah. you know, on Facebook where it says some people you might know or want to friend mm. request. I think he pops up there. Yeah, because Charlie he's Rogers. a musician and culture musician, and they went to London. You know, sort of got a decent fan base. You know, enough to play London, and then um, we're well, about 2010. 
about 10 years on, it sort of fell apart, okay. that band, uh, due to various things. And mainly growing up, I think, actually, was the uh, that thing that gets in the way. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, Reborn. Reborn band in 2021, sort of during the pandemic, sort of started to get things back together again during lockdown. And then they have um, renamed themselves the Audacity. So, so is it exactly Thriller? the same band as before? No, not no. the same band, but the, the, the details are in the interviews. I can't remember them offhand. <laughs> but um, that was their debut gig I saw last November. Um, that's oh, okay. the first time they played. But all their fans, the old yeah. um, uh, Colchester fans, turned up. So it was uh, a surprise. Okay. I mean, it was a busy night yeah. that night there. And there were loads of people there for them. And I sort of spoke to Charlie about, you know, is that something you expected? Because I'd expect that you just think, well, I don't know, maybe no one will turn up. Yeah. Because they changed the name for a start. Yeah. But no, loads of people turned up. And his sister, hilarious, she jumped on the stage and took some photographs between their sort of, um, she couldn't help herself. He said it was, she hadn't been out in a long time or something. It was like she'd been released from captivity. No singles for The Audacity yet, no, no. album, nothing like that. So we only have the Carilla to go on, actually. But, you know, that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so uh, that was it. And we met up in the restaurant, Three Wise Monkeys. Charlie uh, used to be the general manager there. Oh, okay. Riz Slash used to be. But, yeah, so, Grunge. This is the grunge, link, you yes. This is the link. They are uh, sort of, not unashamedly, but that's where they get it from. Because yeah. they're sort of roughly our age, a little bit younger. Yeah. So they know that music, and they were all really affected by it. And yeah. that's why they like to play that style. Yeah. And it really comes across, um, that kind of, uh, it's pretty heavy, it's quite riffy, um, but, you know, full on. Very emotional. But we want to hear a recording. This is the thing yeah. they need to record. Combat Sports have definitely got that, that grunge sort of sound mm. as well. And it seems to be popular at the moment. Yeah, you know also what? Make, you know, it seems to be, like, this is Bridget. Mm. You know, it's got that sort of grunge well, sort of yeah. The 80s, you know, early 90s. Um, I also think um, there's, there's a, with the Combat Sports, the three piece setup, you have a, they have a singer. Yep. They yep. have a singer, yeah. and He's with the, the audacity, they actually have a singer who actually basically sings. There and are doesn't play an instrument. He does, but it's it's uh, he sort of plays rhythm guitar, but he's basically their singer. That's, right. that's what his main job is to sing. So it's a different kind of feel to it. Yeah, you know, yeah. when you see like the Doors or whatever, and you get there's a real feeling as they're a front man. Yeah, it's a different thing, isn't it? That yeah, so bands who play and sing, it just has a different feel live. It's like you can put more into it, I feel like. You're just yeah. singing. If that's your job. You know, yeah. that's what they have. Yeah. Great guy. But uh, unfortunately, none of them can make it. <laughs> Imagine if no one made it to the interview. <laughs> and I just, it was just a blank sound. I just went, well, I don't know what Yeah, so you ask the questions and nothing just, comes yeah, back. Yeah, I'm just like, well, I mean, if, they're not, if they can't be bothered. Yeah. You just well, hear I, might me well, I might as well ask the questions. <laughs> It's their loss. I asked. They just didn't respond. You, know, you could ask really offensive questions. We, um, it, it wouldn't was the, matter. Cause it was a great interview, though, because it was the, f the only interview I've had where um, beer was delivered. Oh, really? At the start, it just sort of gets delivered. And we were surrounded by plants. It's one of those little cubby holes they've got at Three Eyes Oh, uh, yeah. It's like, hello. I think I interviewed uh, Ben Howard in that cubby on the side with a little cubby step up to it. Cubby on the side. There was a little step up to it. Yeah. With the plants around it. A little cubby on the side. Yeah, yeah, that's where I interviewed Ben Howard. Cubby on the side. Sounds like, it just sounds like a song title. <laughs> it just sounds like a side dish for Michael Jackson. Okay, um, 
Shall we hear from uh, Charlie Rogers on the audacity? Yes. Let's get right into that interview, Bells and Boys. I'm here with Charlie Rogers um, in The Three Wise Monkeys. Uh, why are we sitting here, Charlie? Uh, nepotism mainly. Uh, I actually run this and all the other venues associated with this venue. Um, I used to be the general manager here, and so when it was where we're going to meet in Colchester, it was a natural place for yeah. us to come, really. Perfect. We went into the green room once. We wondered how high this building went. It goes all the way up to the sky. Uh, yeah, and when when I was sort of front of house working here, you know, five, six levels of stairs that you'd have to run up on a constant basis certainly gets you fit. I bet it does. Tell us about um, the original band. There's Carilla, the original band. How did that uh, form? How did that come together? Oh, 23, 24 years ago. Uh, I was at university and a friend of mine and I uh, went into a rehearsal studio and stuck sort of an you know a poster up on a notice board we were looking for a bass player and a drummer because obviously neither of us wanted to play bass or drums um and uh whilst we were there we saw someone else had put a poster up yeah. looking for people and it was a bass player and a drummer so we thought well why not we'll That's give it good. we'll give it a shout um that band you know sort of poorly informed in our choices at that stage of our age were called Big Finger right. um, that went on for sort of two three years and we kind of cut our teeth and played sort of loud and proud and that kind of stuff and then disbanded as people went travelling people finished university and all that kind of stuff and then when we eventually got ourselves back together it was myself the bass player and the drummer and the bass player had a friend called Mike who was a singer he joined the band and that was basically the start of Carilla. So um, Carilla sort of fell apart. Why did that happen? What happened there? Uh, a number of reasons. I mean, I guess as we all got older, you know, sort of children started arriving on the scene. People had jobs to do, all that kind of stuff. Um, we'd also been one of those bands that had tried to kind of, you know, break the, yeah. the scene, you know, make it and all that kind of stuff. We were playing big shows in London and all that kind of stuff. And we eventually just got to a point where you knock on that door so hard and you know you get nothing back um so we all had to kind of regress back and actually get proper jobs and you know take care of ourselves and our families and all that kind of stuff um and then there were a few moments where we'd sort of get back together do a few bits but you know the that original kind of thing happened that, at that time you yeah know. so, so you're, it's a familiar story being against time isn't it which is you have a certain number of years in order to make yourself into something and then life starts to take over is that kind of it really yeah I guess you kind of you know when you're sort of a bit more young and reckless you know driving off to Guildford on a Thursday night yeah. or whatever yeah. seems like an adventure yeah. whereas now the idea of it seems like a torture you know so I don't, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know yeah. Um, but yeah I guess I guess you know at the end of the day you get to a stage in life where you've got bills to pay mm. you've got responsibilities yeah. you've got yeah. careers yeah. and all that boring stuff yeah. unfortunately I suppose at also a point where you have to make the decision are you going to carry on as you were or are you going to sort of call a halt to things yeah it does it does yeah. become that I yeah, suppose yeah, um, you know yeah I, do, I guess you know I probably blocked out some of the mental anguish of when the band sort mm. of split up and all yeah. that kind of stuff and I went on to sort of be part of some other bands and other projects because I wanted to keep myself busy yeah. and have things to do but yeah I guess it's ultimately sort of a blessing and a curse and I guess you know nowadays it's possibly more accessible for 
older bands I don't even know what that means right, right. Uh, to make it potentially um, I think you know nowadays we're a lot more sort of holistic about the whole thing it's just you know we want to get together and play music together and eventually and finally uh, get in front of an audience and play that music yeah. and just and just enjoy ourselves so uh, you were talking about just before lockdown you sort of get back together in a, in a, a, a new band how did that come about that change then new name uh, new lineup I mean, ultimately, the aim was to write a whole new set of material. It was to perform completely original music and just do our own thing, work to our strengths and all that kind of stuff. And we'd been plowing out, so the idea was to rehearse, I don't know, once a month. And in actual fact, we ended up rehearsing once every three months if we were lucky originally. And it got to that sort of breaking point. I think it was about this time last year where I just turned around to the guys and I was like, well, what are we doing this for? You know, we're we're sitting there, we've spent hundreds of pounds on instruments and all this time crafting these songs, we need to get a show. Um, So obviously nepotism in place again. Through my contacts at Free Wise Monkeys, I sort of said to uh, AJ, who's the events manager here, I'm sure you know. uh, I just said to AJ, I was like, just book us in for a gig sometime in the distant future, which funnily enough arrived around about my birthday. Uh, Lucky how some of those things sort of strike at once. Um, So we had a show booked and then we had about six months to really knuckle down. And I guess probably for the five months leading up to that, suddenly we were rehearsing once a month or even closer probably once a fortnight right um we're spread out all over yeah. the county you know our drummers in stansted our singers in chelmsford that's why it's just me here tonight right um our bass player is in colchester but he also <laughs> has children still with and, <laughs> yes, and we all know what that's about so yeah we just kind of uh it's very difficult to get us all in the same room at the same time um and that's why i guess you know we're not going to be playing shows twice a week anymore you know it's going to be kind of you know once every three months we'll pick our gig and and away we go well it was a a magnificent comeback because i mean last november i came and saw you uh upstairs at the three wise monkeys here and it was very appreciative turnout i mean that the the people were really glad to see you back was that um were you sort of expecting that was that sort of a genuine surprise i think i think some of it was a surprise i mean you know, I'm privy to the ticket link and I can see all the tickets <laughs> coming through. Right. So I see the names, I'm like, oh, they're coming. Oh, they're coming right. as well, you know, and that kind yeah. of stuff. So in that respect, it was, you know, um, on the day, I guess I knew there were a lot of people coming. Uh, it was surprised. I mean, there were like genuine original OG fans from 15 years right. ago rocking yeah. up and people I hadn't seen for that amount of time yeah, yeah, yeah. or people I'd bumped into between now and then. But, you know, I wouldn't call them sort of like uber friends or anything but then you see them on a night like that it takes you back to a time when you were all there together doing it and that kind of stuff um and you know you know certain people like my sister who obviously hadn't had a night out for years uh had decided to bring everyone um and that's very much appreciated you know and it was it was quite humbling to have that many people turn out and see us play it was awesome um i've never enjoyed playing to an empty room anyway you know i don't think any musician truly does um but yeah i mean we we were blown away by this response that we had on that night you know to the untrained eye it just looked like you'd been playing for years around because there was quite a crowd there you know so it was a real sort of blessing i thought for you that night well we have been playing for years (laughs) um but yeah we just hadn't played to an audience for years Um, people did remember and people 
did have love for it yeah. uh, a good friend of mine uh, who's in another great band that we're playing with in Coda quick sort of yeah, yeah. plug to that yeah. on the 15th of March yeah. uh, Hot Tramp uh, oh, Adam, Adam, their drummer. I used to be in drive through therapy with him, right. uh, okay. and he came and saw us. It was the first time he'd seen that band play, so he'd heard me tell him all the old stories. Yeah. He'd heard the albums and the records and all that kind of stuff, and he came and he watched us play, and he was just like, he was like, "There's so many people here I don't know." But there's so many people I do know. He's like, and some of them have seen you play with this band before, and some of you, you know, have never seen you play with this band before. And I mean, it was really quite nice what he said, but he was like, suddenly you've gone back into your natural habitat. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because it's the style of music yeah. that I love to play right, yeah. and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I guess if that explains in mm, some yeah. way, shape, or form yeah. sort of the madness of it all, then yeah. there we go. Yeah. If you've been through the grunge era, you, you can't help but hear those tones coming through. Um, do you sort of define yourself in any way like that? Is there any kind of retro feel to what you do? Or is that just the perception? I guess we have just got to that age where we've become retro. Right. Um, in that, yeah. this was all the music we were listening to when we were at college, and mm. you know, yeah. and that kind of stuff. I mean, my my sister gets her second mention of the interview. Um, she <laughs> Claire, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's more famous than I am. Um, you know, she's a bit older than me. Mm. She won't mind me saying that. Hopefully, um, so Nirvana was like what she was listening to when she was like. 15 16 and i'm like 12 13 and i can't help but have this wave of music hit yeah. me and then as you know we go through college and university i'm always listening to you know soundgarden alice in chains pearl jam you know that type of music which was immensely popular at that time yeah. Yeah. um I sort of cut my teeth and the reason I sort of picked up a guitar was Led Zeppelin and the sort of lineage between that to right. the next is very you know very obvious and that kind of stuff um, so I guess really I mean we we are a band that wears our influences on our sleeve you know yeah, the style yeah. of music we play is very much evocative of that time right, yeah. but it is the music that we were picking up instruments yeah, to yeah. you know that was what we wanted to play it becomes part of you know your sort of your playing DNA and I think with that type of music especially it is kind of you know it's heavy and it's like it's in your face and, and it makes you feel something yeah. you know it, it, you know Power. yeah Power exactly you know yeah. um, and uh, you know I'm a lot of people know me and say you know I love metal and all that kind of stuff but there is that kind of in between area that that's really my favourite bit yeah. is you know yeah it's sort of more it's like the emotional end of things yeah that, exactly that yeah. yeah yeah it's got it's got an evocative yeah. aspect to it what about your songs how do they come together what's the sort of uh, driving force behind that well, I mean, the rest of the band on here, so obviously I write everything, <laughs> I produce yeah. everything. Uh, no, yeah. that's not quite true. It's People will come with a song idea, a riff, a whatever it might be, and we'll spend an inordinate amount of time jamming and kind of working out what people think feels and sounds good to us. Um, Mike takes care of all the sort of vocal aspect of it in terms of the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. So it's a real sort of democracy. You stand around jamming. Uh, yeah, basically, right. yeah. Um, yeah. not every band does that. I mean, a lot of bands have a writer, don't they? They do. Um, I, I guess, you know, everyone's got their, an equal seat at the table and everyone's got their job to do. Mm. I would suggest that, you know, 
Mike and I probably bring more of the riffs to the table because we've got guitars in our hands. But ultimately, you know, we do kind of play it out in the scene of the jam room and and see sort of, you know, yeah. everyone's got their input as right. to, you know, whether they feel like it's, you know, hitting the right. Yeah, going to go somewhere. Yeah, right. You know, like hitting the right vibe or, you know, for a better expression, creating the correct energy at yeah. the correct time and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. You've got an announcement. Is that right to make? I, I have. We're absolutely stoked that uh, Freewise Monkeys have secured a very famous band from the sort of mid to late 90s to play two nights in July and the Audacity will be supporting right, on okay. Thursday the 4th of July okay. uh, I believe Leanne Kane's band is going to support on the 5th of July and that band is the Blue Tones ah right yeah there you go number one selling album and second on the bill at Reading in 98 <laughs> for anyone who's not sure who they are <laughs> Well, that sounds pretty good. That is a big announcement. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. No worries. No, you're welcome. So, what have we got to listen to? So, what have we got to listen to from the... Audacity. Audacity. Uh, well, this is, you know, uh, an old Carilla recording, um, but it's there in their current set. It's called The Sun is a Star, and it was actually their closing um, uh, song on the set they did in November.
Well, you've been busy putting a load of tracks together. Well, what I tried to do, as we explained last time, and for people who are listening, yes. on that, um, is this. It's during January, I collect up and they sweep up all the new releases from the regional scene. Uh, those that come to me and occur to me uh, and uh, put them all into a playlist for February. So you, although we're a month behind, it's the only way we can really do it. And uh, some tracks that have been released this January are as follows. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, Icarus have got their new song out, Small Talk. Yeah, we talked uh, about that earlier. We, we heard it at Latitude. Heard it at Latitude. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a departure, uh, sort of lyrically, because it's a bit more romantic, kind of about um, you know, about sort of relationships and things, which they're not don't usually do. No, straight um, usually straight into the shagging. Straight, not, yeah, no, no, time no for romance, romance, no time for Jesus, romance. Those guys, <laughs> terrible. But we we did hear it at Latitude this year. But that's a kind of um, maybe a new sort of feel for them. Although yeah. the actual sound is is very similar. Yeah. Um, Sean Trelford. Now uh, you may have heard of Sean Trelford. He's from uh, Cambridge. Very sort of um, sort of alt pop okay. uh, sort of stuff. Had um, an album 2022 called um, Care Home Party, which I have to say drew me right in. Just the title itself. Yes, yeah. He's got um, a new song out called Hurt Me, yeah. um, which is not an instruction. Um, yeah. It's not. <laughs> please don't pursue that. Um, and um, that's it is a very similar vein to yeah. the last album again it's an interesting guy very sort of on his own path really and he's very young as well as 18 or 19 so two of the reviews we did were for um, releases this month as well which was uh, Hope Alaska have got yeah. their first single out they've done pretty well I mean been together well roughly a year and um, got their single out I have to say Terra Firma I really like yeah, it's, it's like really grown on you, quo. isn't it? Yeah, it's like a sort of status quo, jangly yeah. status quo. Well, like, when you said that in the review, I thought, because mm. people, are a bit, it's a bit Marmite status quo, isn't it? It is a bit. Some people were like, oh, well, thanks. Well, and also, what era? Would have taken, quo? well, would have, but some people might have taken it as an insult. Well, he said, my dad, um, this is uh, Leon Helsby, the leader, lead singer, he said, my dad is a big fan. Status quo, yeah. but it's a bit like that. It's you know it's the da, 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 da. but anyway, it's quite jangly. They've got yeah. uh, there's five of them, you know, yeah. sort of fighting for space on there as well. Um, it's a song about resilience and moving on, and uh, it's got a great sing along chorus as well. But Leon, I mean, there's something so lovable about him because when he's, I mean, in the interview we did, um, he's he's so practical about the whole how bands work basically yeah, he does yeah. not see he doesn't even put himself on a pedestal he just thinks the practicalities of putting a band together is in itself hard work you know if you get a result at the end of it great but yeah. just holding people together and I think in a way that's what the song is sort of about as well which is you know don't let other people you know, tell you that it's not possible you've just got to keep moving forward whatever it is just keep going for it you know so, so it's a re I really like it though and on the complete opposite end of that, we've yeah. got someone completely different, which is Robin Torbett. Yeah, Ronnie Corbett. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie Corbett, <laughs> who I have kind of stalked. I feel yeah. a bit sorry because he is quite young. Well, we <laughs> I'd be frightened if I was him. <laughs> we kind of got to know him through his brother. Yes, Outbound, the yeah, band. But yeah, because Outbound played at one of our events they before. They did. They played last July with us, actually, didn't yeah. they? And... Um, yeah, he was there, and then he sort of got in touch and said, oh, you know, I do stuff as well. And I remembered him, listened to his EPs, the Journey Songs EPs, one and two, which I really liked. And then he's got a single out, um, Aurora, which is the, you know, Aurora Borealis. Because yep. I wonder whether people might just think Aurora is just a made-up word or something. Yeah, uh, sort of Margarine like. or something, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Flora, but just slightly posher. Uh, yeah, so um, so that's a, a sort of a, a sort of hymn almost to the lights, yeah. and it, it also has a, a friend of his singing alongside it as well, with beautiful harmonies and things. But there's something about Robin; it's just it's that Jack Walsh thing, which is just the stuff seems to flow off him very easily. It's like yeah. they're not trying, you know. When you can, it feels like they're not trying to write songs; they just sort of seem to just come out of them. It, so that's not a disgusting idea. Yeah. Of songs <laughs> pouring out of his orifices. Um, yeah. There you go. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so the great, great songs. And we review two of those, you know, because um, they're well worth um, shouting about. But it's a short list this month, I have to say. It's a short list of things happen. coming out, but there's, 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 we know about people recording. Guys, yeah. I said, Combat Sports are recording. Well, um, Grace Calver is recording. Grace Calver is recording. He's got something out soon. And, and, and. Go on. Oh, your favourite. Gaffer Tape Sandy. No, not Gaffer Tape Sandy. No. Your favourite, Young Drummer of the Year. Tyler Baker. Tyler Baker is recording at the moment. Right. Tyler Baker will have an album out this year. Yeah. Now, I heard that he was recording it and he's mastering it and mixing it right now. And I thought, there's no way, it's not even a year since uh, Remember Me Started Again was released. Not even a year. How is it possible to get another album out in that time? I don't know. Well, I can ask you this. Does he work? <laughs> no, he's at college. Well, I mean, so that probably yeah. what he's doing at college is working on this. That's if, true, he's, if he's studying music, yeah. it's probably part of what he's doing. At, in, so he's like doubling up. So there you go. There's something to look forward to. The new album from Tyler Baker's Gasoline Green. Uh, the gaffer tape's handy, hopefully. Although we saw a photograph of them on Instagram. And they, t- they look like they're rehearsing. They don't look like they're releasing an album, though. Um, it was funny, actually. There was a thing on there that said... Um, we're back in the rehearsal studio for the first time this year. Uh, we sound like a gaffer tape sandy tribute band. <laughs> Which I thought was amusing. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that to look forward to as well. But there are releases, but they're not coming out yet. They're sort no. of late January, February, but we'll have a, a really nice playlist, I think, for March yeah. because we'll have more releases. Now, uh, so we've got a very rude joke for you now. And what happened was there was this guy, he walked into a... And that's it. What do you call a... With a... On his... I don't... A... No one can ever retell with that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, dear. So, why the scene? And we yeah. will um, catch you in the end of February. But we sound better with beeps. Yeah, well, we sound better with beeps. It will sound better with beeps, yeah. Yeah, it always sounds better with beeps. Literary kings and friends talking bullshit again.